Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys Alex and Anthony. Today we're discussing Jay Love, Julian Love, and his free agency. The Giants obviously have to make a big decision regarding Julian Love if they want to uh, you know, sign him to an extension for him to stick around for the foreseeable future. We want to discuss his value, what he brings to the table, and evidently uh, you know, what his per- perspective contract might look like because you know, Julian Love is a valuable piece in my opinion. A lot of people will point to the Eagles game as, you know, a really bad one for him, and it was. It was probably the worst game of his entire career. But let me just give you some other perspective. It was probably the worst game of the majority of these Giants players um, in their entire career. Look at Dexter Lawrence. He had an all-pro level season. He had zero pressures for the first time all year against the Eagles. So if you're going to take a, a shot at Julian Love, go take a shot at Dexter Lawrence too. Go take a shot at you know Andrew Thomas or Evan Neal or any of those guys that really struggled against a very talented Eagles team. So I'm not going to single out Julian Love and say he was the only one that had a bad game because the entire Giants team um, under performed but looking at him as a as an asset as a, as a valuable piece to this defense I love the way that he can be this diversified versatile player that plays multiple positions we're going to discuss that where he's played over the past couple seasons the role he does fill um, and also just you know what it means to have guys you're familiar with on this team. And this is something that management has said over and over and over again. They love to to know exactly what they're getting from a player, especially in free agency, which is why uh, keeping guys that are already on the team that have kind of helped build the culture, the foundation of that culture already is essential. But Anthony, before we dive into what Julian Love offers and what a, a reasonable contract might look like, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. Julian Love is one of those players that I really don't want to see leave, but it seems like considering where the Giants' money is at, the talent that they have, the upcoming extensions that they have to make, there's a really good chance that this is Julian Love's final season with the New York Giants, and this offseason, he will actually sign elsewhere. Now, when you look at his projected market value, according to SpotRack, of $7.9 million per year, I tweeted about it yesterday, got a lot of mixed reviews, right? A lot of mixed responses. Some people were all for it. They were saying, yes, go ahead, re-sign him, give him the extension. Other fans were saying, no, not worth the money. Look at that Eagles game, as Alex just mentioned, and look at the way that he's played over the last few years when we already have other players on the roster like a Dane Belton. And I think that there's an argument to be made for both sides. Now, it'll be interesting to see where his contract ultimately does fall, if it is around that 7.9, if it's a little bit lower, a little bit higher. But I think that Julian Love, bottom line is he is a quality starting safety with dependability, consistency, and versatility. So therefore, he's going to get paid like a starter whether or not you think he's a good starter is a whole nother discussion but he is a starter he can do everything that you need him to and he can at least do it at a decent level not elite he's not an elite player he doesn't wow you jump off the film as some dominant force on the defense but he's a good enough player to do a lot of different things in a defense and gives a defensive coordinator a lot of flexibility with his personnel packages so there's a lot of value to be had with a player like Julian Love so really the question for me is is Wink Martindale willing to part with a player that is that versatile and that dependable? That's the big question for me. And if he is, then okay, he'll find his replacement and we'll be okay. But if this is a player that Wink Martindale says we need in this defensive system, it doesn't work the same without a dependable player just like this. And it's really tough to find a player and replicate that ability out of a rookie per se. 
then I think you have to really consider re-signing him at his price tag. But it's going to be an interesting discussion. The Giants, they have a lot of cap space, but it's going to dry up really quickly with a Saquon and Daniel Jones contract extension talk in the works. So we'll see what happens. But right now, if I had to say where I'm at on it, I want to see Julian Love extended, but for the right price. Yeah, it's got to be for the right price. And as you mentioned, um, there is an argument to make like maybe – the Giants have other priorities that may kind of overshadow Love's production. So I'll throw something into the mix for you right now. What? Who's to say? I think there's a strong argument to be made that Dane Belton would probably replace his role. Um, they drafted him in, you know, in the mid-rounds. They have high hopes for him. He had a couple injuries. He had the broken clavicle. He kind of didn't play much down the stretch there. Uh, but Julian Love is much better as kind of a utility piece. He can free roam in the, in the defensive backfield. Dane Belton, I don't necessarily trust him in coverage. I don't necessarily trust him as a free safety, more of as a strong safety, you know, hard hitter, can play in between the zone coverages. He has really good eye in the intermediate to shallow ranges, which he had five interceptions for Iowa um, you know, in 2021 before he was drafted. So I like him in that facet I think he's a hard hitter he could be a really nice piece to this defense he just needed time to grow and he missed a lot of training camp because of that clavicle um Julian Love though has kind of played this intermediary role for this Giants team he hasn't been a starter until this season he played a a career high 1,133 total defensive snaps in 2022 after a record high of 722 in 2020 now he had his best tackling grades best coverage grades um he gave up a 71.2 percent uh reception rate his low the lowest since his rookie season back in 2019 um you know over the entire year he only gave up let's see he gave up three touchdowns two passes or two interceptions and four pass breakups so you know he had some decent you know stuff there 436 yards allowed so the touchdowns obviously stand out but had two penalties didn't have a penalty after week seven so you know the yards definitely not ideal I think that as a free safety sometimes you just get caught especially because he had to fill in for Xavier McKinney um he got beat a couple of times I mean, you know, against the Eagles, give up 63 yards. That was really the one that stands out. Dallas, he gave up 51 yards and 48 yards against Jacksonville week seven. But otherwise, he was pretty solid in coverage. He helped a lot against tight ends this year, um, a position the Giants just traditionally have really have really had a hard time locking down. And he's just a really good tackler. I think that kind of is what I want to harp on right now. 8.7% missed tackle rate this year, which is the highest since his rookie season, 4.9% in 2021. So, you know, while he did increase the amount of tackles he had by almost double 91 tackles compared to 45 last year. So he actually doubled it from 2021, but um, 51 in 2020. You know, the missed tackle rate is going to go up as you get more opportunities. But, you know, I was pretty impressed with the way he defends the run. Um, He obviously gets in the box. He's fearless. He's able to do a lot of good things for this team in in that respect. But in coverage, you know, he has had some games where he's been a liability. Other games, he's really strong. It depends on the matchups. But I think most of all, are you willing to pay a player who really should be like that super utility piece can play, can plug in strong safety, can plug in free safety, can plug in as a slot. You know, he can do a lot of different things for you. I think that's where his value really lies. And aside from being a starter, I think he's better as like that guy who can just plug injuries, plug holes or come in and fill in. Um, I like him in that role more than a starting role personally. You know, do you think that, changes his value how how do you view him do you think that he's an everyday starter do you think he's more of a super utility piece because I think it's like it's like on one side I could see him being a star but the other side like I really like him as that kind of plug and play guy that can you know feature in multiple positions 
I think that Julian Love is a bona fide starter. What we saw this season is that he is a starter because the last few years, he's been a utility piece. He's been a plug and play. They have an injury. They throw Julian Love into the mix. They try to rotate him into the starting lineup. That's how he was treated over the past few years. This season with Logan Ryan departing, with James Bradbury departing, the Giants needed Julian Love to step up into a starting position at the safety spot. And he did. And I think that he did it quite well. I mean, listen, he wasn't perfect. You got to keep in mind, Julian Love was a fourth round draft pick in 2019. It's not like this was some first or second round pick that the Giants had really lofty expectations for when he was brought in. No, this is a player who has far exceeded all expectations and overachieved for a mid-round draft pick on the New York Giants, on the New York Giants especially, when you look at our recent mid-round picks. But when you look at how he's played, I think that this season, in that full-time starting gig, he did a good job in everything that he was asked to do. Now, for the most part, he was playing in the back safety position. He was a lot of the times a center fielder. But here's the thing that you really need to keep in mind is Julian Love is a captain on this defense. So, yes, he's an everyday starter. The, the Being a captain goes along with that. You're not a plug-and-play utility player if you're a defensive captain. Like, you're the captain, you're the starter. You're out there on every single play. And something that Julian Love shed light on is that there was a few times throughout the season where egos got involved in the locker room. The locker room started to fall apart, and he was the guy who consistently stood up and was the gel that held everything together because he was the captain and he was the leader for the defense, especially when Xavier McKinney was out of the lineup. Now, think about that. Xavier McKinney is arguably the best defensive player minus Dexter Lawrence on the Giants, right? He is a tremendous asset for the team, and he is a bona fide playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Without Xavier McKinney in the lineup, Julian Love was asked to do a lot more, and he was asked to really hold things down in the back, and he did. Again, everything that Julian Love is asked to do, I'm not saying he necessarily goes out there and does it at an elite level, but he goes out there and he does it at a decent enough level to get the job done. So, when you are talking about a player like that, you're not talking about giving him a $20 million per year contract, not overpaying him by any means, but there is plenty of value to be said by a guy who goes in day in and day out and is an excellent leader for your defense and does everything that you ask him to do. So him having that captain's patch means a lot to this team, means a lot to the value of Julian Love, and just seeing the way that he has led this team by example, held the, the locker room together, been the gel that, uh, that glues this team together, this is really important when you're looking at the contractual value of Julian Love and what he means to the New York Giants. And that's why he might be worth more to the Giants than he is to another team. Because he's been in this locker room for a few years, he's a veteran now, and he's already proven himself to be the leader of the team and the defensive captain. So, the, again, when you look at that in a, in a vacuum, that makes him more valuable to the Giants than it would be to the Eagles, to the Lions, any other team that you're going to mention in the NFL that might want to go out and sign Julian Love. He's more valuable to the Giants because of, his, because of his leadership capabilities. But there is also something to be said, Alex, about having other defensive captains like a Dexter Lawrence, who could be a captain next year, like a Xavier McKinney, who is a great captain and having another player who's young and in the fold like a Dane Belton. Do you think that he can take that massive leap in year two? Personally, I have my reservations toward that, and I think that Julian Love is going to be a much better and more consistent player next season than Dane Belton possibly could be. However, I could be wrong. Maybe Dane Belton bursts onto the scene and becomes a superstar, for all we know. Another fourth-round pick. He, he could have the same trajectory in his career that Julian Love had and be that plug-and-play player until Julian Love leaves and then takes over the starting role, like Logan Ryan left for Julian Love to take over the starting role. So there's so many different possibilities with those two players, but for me, at the end of the day, if the price is right, Considering what he means to the locker room and to the defensive scheme, Julian Love is a player that the Giants should make a priority to re-sign. He does a lot for the team and for the defense and especially for the locker room.
So I'll play devil's advocate because, you know, I do want to keep Julian Love. I think that his value, as you mentioned, definitely holds because of his captaincy and the gel he does provide this defensive unit. Um, but I'll play devil's advocate because, you know, seven, let's say, let's say he gets $7 million per season, right? Like that, that's kind of what they're saying. He's, his value is in the range of what could you do with $7 million at other positions, you know, cause the giants don't have a ton of money to spend. I think they have money to spend in the future. 2023, it doesn't sound like Joe Shane is going to be investing heavily, um, you know, again in, in free agency, more so retaining his own. So, you know, it definitely the, I would say the odds are in favor of Julian Love staying because, you know, the Giants, Joe Shane, they subscribe to the Buffalo Bills strategy of keeping your own guys, especially if they fit your mold and they're captains. You know, you don't let captains walk. We've done that too many times in the past, letting captains walk. Um, so I'll tell you what, I'm going to play devil's advocate just because I want to have the discussion. If you're looking at how you could reallocate the $7 million, um, maybe there is an argument to say we could take that money and it would be better applied to the offensive line, right? Like going into 2023, Nick Gates and John Feliciano are both free agents, right? So we don't have a center in our left guard situation. While I think Ben Bredesen's good, I'd rather have him be a backup than a starter. So I think that there's a, a reasonable argument to make that maybe – you know, the Giants would be more willing to go and spend a little bit of money and apply that $7 million, even if they have to spend a little bit more on a potential guard solution and maybe a center solution. Maybe they bring back Feliciano and Gates, have them compete at a pretty cheap price point, which I think may end up happening. Um, but the guard situation, Glowinski, for, for what it's worth, the Giants can't cut Glowinski. If they cut him, they actually end up losing like half a million dollars. So I'd bet my chips that he's going to be the starting uh, right guard in 2023 again. But left guard, I think, is open for the taking. Do I trust, um, you know, Shane Lemieux? 100% not. I do not trust Shane Lemieux. But again, you look at the guard market, it's pretty thin. Roger Saffold, Justin Pugh, our old friend, Matt Pryor, Isaac Suemo, Suemalo. Um, there's not many options. So, you know, they have Trey Turner there still, Dan Feeney, you know, it's it's not really anything to write home about. Um, so, you know, if you're looking at, you know, even Will Hernandez is still on the market again, you know, this is not a, a really deep guard situation. So, you know, maybe that's not the best position to look at, but center, maybe they invest a little bit more money there. Maybe they want to invest in, I don't know, a receiver, you know, Again, it's again the wide receiver market's also really thin, so it's hard to justify spending money there. But if you're gonna like a you know trade for a receiver, maybe like a DeAndre Hopkins, maybe you apply the money there. Like there, what I'm trying to say is, you could take that seven million dollars and put it other positions, um, whether it's trade or free agency. But does the value replicate? you know, what Julian Love brings to the table, Anthony. So when you're looking at maybe where else the Giants could use that money, do you think that they can match the value or, you know, is it worthwhile exploring other options where you could put that um, financial allocation instead of retaining, I guess, a defensive captain? I think that is the key question. If not Julian Love, then who? If you're not willing to pay that $7.989 million, whatever the case is, if you're not willing to pay that money for Julian Love, where are you putting that money that you're getting that same value or more out of? Because if you're talking about signing another guard for $6 million per season to have the same production value as Mark Lewinsky... No, that's not that's not better value. That is worse value. And those positions are more hit or miss than what you know you're getting in Julian Love, your defensive captain, who's been with the team for four seasons, right? So you take that money, you re-sign Julian Love, 
or you can take a flyer on a wide receiver or a flyer on an interior offensive lineman. But those are guys who've never been with the system. You don't 100% know how they fit into the culture of the team. You don't know what you're getting with a free agent player. We thought we knew what we were getting with Kenny Galladay. We thought we were getting an alpha dog wide receiver who put up a thousand receiving yards twice in his career. What did we get? We got one touchdown across two full years. So you don't know what you're getting when you sign a free agent from another team. But you do know what you're getting when you re-sign an uh, an impact free agent from your own team when you extend the player you know what you're getting so with Julian Love it's a safer bet and it's really just about how risky does Joe Shane want to play this does he want to take the safe bet and sign Julian Love to an extension or would he like to try and get someone else for that same value at another position or maybe you know here's another argument Alex and I think that this is one that kind of changes the 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 whole dynamic here because when we're talking about taking that money and investing it elsewhere right so we can get Julian Love starting safety around eight million dollars let's say or we can go ahead and try and get an interior offensive lineman for the same price or what you could do is get a backup safety a backup cornerback and a backup linebacker for eight million dollars so that's the real question for me that's where I start to turn on this conversation because I want Julian Love at that price tag because I think you're getting a starter that you know what you have in and a great leader but There is a lot to be said about the lack of depth from the Giants from top to bottom on this roster. Offense, defense, and special teams, severe lack of depth. Lack of quality backups. Now, you can go into free agency and get a quality backup safety, a quality backup corner, and a quality backup linebacker. So, Alex, that's my question to you. Are those three quality backups more valuable combined together than Julian Love, or is Julian Love the more quality and valuable piece to your defense? I mean, that's a really good question because spreading out the money, it definitely helps, but I'll, I'll make this argument. What are the Giants going to get? Like if you took the $8 million and you spread it out like $2.75 million per, you know, for a linebacker, 2.75 for a safety, 2.75 for a quarterback, how much more value are they going to offer you than a, than a rookie mid-round pick? How much more value are they going to offer you than a guy that we scooped up off the street like Fabian Moreau who ended up playing pretty decently because our coaching staff is so good? You know what I mean? Like how, like what's the, what's the margin there? Um, that's, that's kind of the question. Like we elevated players significantly. I'd rather keep one player and plug those with draft picks personally, because I think that the, the team can get the coaching staff is good enough to get the value out of it. But I'll make another argument. Like why not just roll over the seven or $8 million towards our CB two? You know, that's a position that we really need to fill. We cannot afford to go into the season with another cornerback problem at Cordell Fly, I think is a long-term good player. I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think he's even close to ready. Um, but you know, CB2, the cornerback market this year is flush. They got Marcus Peters, Bradley Roby, Bradbury's back on the market, Jonathan Jones, Anthony Brown, Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, Troy Hill, Anthony Everett, Patrick Peterson, even Eli Apple, which I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole, is on, the, is on the market. Kyle Fuller, you know, Isaiah Oliver, Mike Hughes, Artie Burns, uh, Rocky Asin, Byron Murphy, Trey Flowers, Sean uh, Murphy Bunting. There is a ton. Greedy Williams is even there. Uh, you know, <laughs> the cornerback market is flush. I would not be surprised if the Giants brought in another good man coverage cornerback to pair with Adoree Jackson and rolled that money over into someone that maybe uh, fits the mold nicely. So um, it's worth exploring, but maybe they could just do both. Maybe they bring in a cornerback and they bring in, um, you know, Julian Love and retain him instead of, you know, signing, I don't know, another player or whatever it might be. It's a big question to ask, but I guess I'll ask you this as this is the kind of the last point I want to make. Do you value 
Julian Love as a starter who can play a couple positions. You know, he's he's good enough. He's not elite in any spot, but he does a decent job at every spot he's asked to play in. Or would you rather use that money on a legitimate cornerback too, a legitimate guy that can play opposite of Dory Jackson, man up, hold it down, and allow Xavier McKinney to be that free roamer and give your uh, defensive line more time to get after the quarterback? Because, you know, Julian Love isn't playing predominantly in coverage. He, his role is stopping the run a lot of the time. You know, he's really playing a strong safety. They use the two corner, they use the two safety, uh, you know, back there sometimes, and they have him roam. But Xavier McKinney is capable of doing that in cover one. Having that other cornerback too is really what Wink Martindale's system is predicated on, and we haven't had that. So maybe there's an argument to make that that CB2 is more valuable. What do you think about that? I think that's a very solid debate to be had. CB2 or starting free safety. And when you go by contractual positional value, you're probably going with the cornerback. I think that those are harder to come by. I think that they are worth more bang for your buck, basically. So I guess I lean towards the CB2, but again, you know what you're getting in Julian Love. When you sign a cornerback from another team in free agency, do you really know what you're getting? Now you're hoping that the Giants go out there and they sign a player and he becomes Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Remember when the Giants signed DRC as a free agent? That was a huge signing. He ended up being an elite player for the Giants, especially at his price tag because they did not even overpay for DRC. But you could also go out there and get a player who has the same production as Eli Apple had when he was with the Giants. You know, you don't know. And it's such a question mark. It's, it's like... It's like the mystery box question, right, Alex? Do you take the mystery box or do you take the, the guaranteed player that you know you know what you're getting or do you take the mystery, the what if? And that's kind of where I get a little twisted on this. And it really just depends on how much you trust Joe Shane, your scouting staff, and your player eval. And sometimes even with the best player eval in the world, the best GM, the best scouting, you can still get it wrong. But with Julian Love, you know what you're getting and you know you're getting it right. So that's really what it comes down to. But if you want to ask me, in a vacuum, which position is more valuable? I'm saying CB2, and I think that the Giants need to prioritize that. However, let's take a look at the draft classes because I think that there's a lot more valuable value to be had at the cornerback position in this year's draft than there is at the safety position. And the Giants might want to use that first-round pick on a cornerback. And if they do that, then yeah, you want to re-sign Julian Love. But that, you don't know until you actually make the decision on Julian Love. So again, it, it, time will tell with these things, but the CB2 position is probably more important to me than it is to re-sign Julian Love. However, if I don't feel 100% rock solid about the player that the Giants are signing at that CB2 spot, I'm going to be wishing that they went ahead and just extended Julian Love because we know exactly what we're getting there. Yeah, I mean, there is, a no, there is one player I'll throw out there that, you know, kind of had an injury riddle 2022, maybe a little bit cheaper, is getting a little bit older, and he has a lot of experience with Wink Martindale, Marcus Peters. You know, PFF has him as their sixth-ranked cornerback on the free agent market. Um, like I said, this cornerback class is very, very deep, so there's going to be a lot of players going around, a lot of people to choose from. Uh, but Marcus Peters, you know, coming off injury, you know, a little bit, little bit older, heading towards his 30-year-old season, maybe they can get him on a decent contract and he can play. You know, this is the first season in his career he hasn't had multiple interceptions. Um, being a CB2 alongside Adore Jackson, uh, secondary composed of Marcus Peters and Adore Jackson, I'd be pretty happy about that going into the season. Um, would I hate to lose Julian Love? Absolutely. Honestly, like it could go either way. I'd be happy with either direction. Um, it's an interesting conversation, guys. And this is this is a really interesting thing because the Giants didn't extend anybody. You know, like I think that if they're if they were really convinced that everybody was going to be on this team, we know they want Daniel Jones back. They haven't been able to come to a conclusion on the financial part of it yet. But 
why wouldn't they lock some of these guys down if they saw them as assets? You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't they be like, okay, this, this is a captain on our team. Why don't we, why wouldn't we extend them um, during, at the bye week or whatever it might be? Maybe they were just trying to figure out the financials and, and wait instead of letting them hit free agency. But it's an interesting strategy. You know, I'm curious to see how Joe Shane and Brian Diablo go about this because they, they're waiting on all of them. You know, it's not like they signed anyone to an extension prematurely. They're waiting on everybody. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Nick Gates, John Feliciano, every single person. You know, of course, Julian Love's in the same boat. So they're, they're buying their time. They're playing a conservative. They know this roster needs a lot of help, and they're trying to figure out, I think, what the market's going to look like because, you know— they got to determine they, they don't want to jump the gun. They don't want to be the ones that set the market. You know, they don't want to be the ones that be like, okay, we just pay this guy a, a ton of money, but it could, that could also bite them in the butt if someone else tries to set the market. So maybe that maybe they're uh, the other players themselves want to wait and see what the, what the opportunities look like out there and if they can get more money. But end of the day, man, like this is a really interesting scenario. I'm really curious to see how the giants end up spending their money, what these contracts look like, you know, over the next couple of months, we got you guys covered with any relevant news, obviously on the daily. So hopefully you guys subscribe for that and make sure to like the video uh, to help support the channel. So appreciate that as always love to hear perspectives below on Julian love and your thoughts on extending him, how much you'd be willing to offer. Uh, but as always make sure you have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll catch you guys on the next fireside giants episode. Thank you.